here to share a story about humor and joy. I like to think of our church at times as a river. And all of us are part of that river. 20 years ago, when, when my family and I first came to Warrington Presbyterian Church, I tentatively stuck my toe in the water to see how cold it was. And then, after a while, I got curious and sort of waded into the water and got interested in all of you and the activities we have here and the committees. And pretty soon, I found myself in the middle of the river with, with the rest of you. My, and with that, the river turned into an adventure ride. My latest adventure ride here at WPC has been as the chair of the Warrington Presbyterian Preschool. Where over the last year, working with great board members and Stacy, I've had the opportunity to sell popcorn and cotton candy at the fall festival, given samples of Little Caesar pieces to you out in the North X. And I've done a mission minute as a chef, waving my hot mitt at you and welcome you to the Pancake Supper Club. And I've also been a leprechaun and sold at the 50-50 raffle at the pancake breakfast. I'd rather at the pancake dinner. You all know this. When you volunteer here at church, you always receive more than you give. And for me, the most tangible example of God's abundance here at WPC has been working in the church garden. First of all, you are not alone. You get to team with others. You learn about gardening. In the spring, you prepare the garden, which is really about hope in the future. And then over the summer, you find yourself receiving uh, the, the fruits of your labors, and then you wonder how you're going to get everything picked. And then when you finally get it picked at the end of the day, and you take your harvest to the homeless shelter or to the thrift store, you always are received with joy, and it lifts you up. So I'd like to leave you with, with um, a verse from Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was in the second grade, my brother made a deal with me. He was going to give me his gyroscope, a toy that I absolutely loved. And all I had to do in exchange was agree to take over his job of drying the dishes after dinner. Every day, forever. <laughs> now Jim, you know, he's, he's no dummy. He's six years older than me. He thought he got the better end of this deal, but I really liked that gyroscope. It would spin across the table. You could make it walk on a string. I thought that was very cool. And it looked like something from outer space. But regardless, here I am drying the dishes every night now with my older sister, Janet, 
who was the official dishwasher. Now, as we did dishes every night, we sang, usually show tunes, because our family had this collection of soundtrack albums, and we loved them. Janet would always sing the melody, and I sang the other part. Now, I'm in second grade. I really don't know anything about harmony, but I liked singing the other part. Sometimes I sang what was on the, the record album. Sometimes I made it up. But regardless, we sang very loudly, and I'm sure we were great, or not. But we had fun doing it. So indirectly, Jim, my brother, got me into singing harmony. He also influenced me other ways in music. He was in band, so I had to join the band. Uh, he gave me my first guitar and a music book on how to play the guitar. He said, here, you might like this. I did. Fast forward a few years, and I'm now in the junior choir at our church. Um, junior choir met Sunday evenings in practice, and when we did sing in a service, it was the Sunday evening service. The first anthem I recall ever singing in church is Bomb and Gilead. And I got to sing alto part, which was pretty exciting because I, I knew harmony and could actually read music by then. But whenever I hear that song now, I'm taken back to the choir room, and I can see the rows of metal chairs sitting there, Dr. Johnson directing us, and then we'd all walk to the sanctuary to sing afterwards. So it's a really uh, joyful song for me. Now, I imagine some of you, uh, probably all of you, know it. So let's sing just a little bit of it. Singing today and take a joyful little trip with me back to Wake Forest, North Carolina. It's great to be with you. I've, I've missed the last several of these. Uh, the kind of running joke we've had in the worship committee is Pastor Jim's away. Now we can goof off and, and ha actually have some fun in worship. Uh, but I'm excited to be here and, and uh, excited to give one of these talks. Um, I saw a, a fellow pastor talk about his Easter service the week before. And he talked about the children's message in it. 
And he asked the children what Jesus said as he came out of the tomb. And he was trying to get at, the Gospels don't tell us or depict Jesus actually leaving the tomb, so we don't know exactly what he said. Now, one of the the girls that was uh, present for this children's message was not, um, that that answer did not suffice for her. She raised her hand and said, no, 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 pastor, I know exactly what Jesus said. Oh, oh, really? What, What did he say? And she stood up, she said, he said this, (laughs) ta-da! As extra-biblical or beyond the biblical text as that might be, there actually is some good theology in what she said, and that's exactly why this day exists. See, back in the early church, I know I'm Pastor Jim went from getting a laugh to now geeking out. But back in the early church, um, going back to St. Augustine and and some of the other kind of big figures in the early church, um, they talked about this thing called the Rhesus Pascalis, or the Easter laugh. And the idea, the theological idea behind this is that in the resurrection, in raising Jesus from the dead, God is actually playing the ultimate prank or the ultimate trick on the devil or evil itself. And so in the early church, Easter was celebrated with joy and laughter by playing games and even some lighthearted pranks as a way of celebrating this this aspect of Easter, of God getting the last laugh, of of Easter um, really symbolizing um, God's victory over sin, death, and evil. Now, Fast forward a, a thousand years and some change, and the Puritans will ruin all this by saying, no, no fun allowed in worship at all. But this practice has been uh, coming back in recent decades, and I think we're better for it. Because throughout Lent, friends, you've heard me preach week in and week out about some tough stuff, because Lent is a hard time where we're, we're confessing, where we're acknowledging our brokenness, our sinfulness, And we're also remembering that God is with us as we weep. God is with us in our brokenness and our sin. As far away as we feel from God, God is always reaching out to us in love. So God is with us when we're weeping. But in Easter, we get to remember that God is also with us when we're rejoicing in the good times of life. It's the very embodiment of what Paul says when he he calls on Christians to rejoice with those who rejoice to weep with those who weep. Friends, on this side of the resurrection, that is exactly what we are called to do. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And we can have some fun and and make some lighthearted jokes as well. Thanks be to God, friends. Amen.